Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the show and founder of Fourth Down University. Before we meet our guest, I'd like to remind our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first deposit. Our promo code BELIEVE50 will allow you to receive 50% off your first welcome bonus and your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Episode 80 of the podcast welcomes Jeff Garner, director of snapping for NKR and specialist coach at Kentucky Wesleyan and Tampa Jesuit. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Jeff. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing awesome, Dan. How's your week? It's going well. Good. good. I'm excited for this one because um, listeners of the show know how fond I am of snappers. Uh and just any coaches in the industry that are in my generation that are willing to, to just sit down and have a chat, you know, this is a very territorial uh, industry. And, and um, I just, I'm, I'm thankful for guys like you because uh, I think it's important that um, you keep, you keep the network going. Um, I, I know we, we work for different people and entities, but um, I do truly appreciate uh, you giving your time because the listeners of the show, they're passionate about this. And I think it's important that people hear, others opinions they hear enough of mine um you know on, on each show but i just can't wait to get into this with you i've got some cool questions that are some are light some are pretty deep but um let's just get going you know so yeah when when you and i talked pre-recording uh, i think it was last week or actually it's probably a couple weeks ago um i asked i always ask my guests you know like what is it that you would want to talk about just give me a couple of thoughts um and then i'll, I'll write a little script for us and the first thing you said to me was you wanted to talk about keeping football fun. And I thought that was really interesting. At first I was like, Hmm, it's going to be a challenging one to tackle. But then I also think it's important to address, especially right now during the fall um, you've got kids that are in, in battles daily for spots for playing time. And then they, on the weekends are going to a kicking camp and they're competing and it's, you know, it's for a, a better star or a better ranking or status. Um, and then there's the highs of winning, which are great. But then you you come off that emotional high and beat your cross time rival and then you get you get beat the next week. So there, there's there's just the same amount of lows. Um, I'd like I'd like your your insight on on what it is or what it means to you to keep football fun. Yeah, it's um, I think it's critical. And and. One of the main reasons I believe that is. I think we lose a lot of talent and I think also we have a lot of talent that doesn't reach their full potential because um, unrealistic expectations are imposed upon them way, way too early. Um, you know, I had an interesting conversation. Um, I help out with the JV side of things at Jesuit as often as I can I had an interesting conversation with the head coach today about 
you know, hey, coach, JV, the sole purpose is for it to be developmental. And it's not about, you know, um, establishing a depth chart and, and one guy getting all the reps all season. Both these guys are in their infancy and we need to grow them both. Right. Sure. And, and, you know, I got a great response from that. And, um, but it, it's, um, I think keeping it fun, keeping it, um, keeping the kids engaged, um, you know, um, I think the kids I coach and train, um, don't think I'm soft by any means or not focused or not intense about, you know, um, especially if it's somebody I'm training, you know, if you're, if your family's willing to block out time and, and, and money and energy for you to, to work with me one-on-one, I want to make sure that we're both engaged and, and, getting the best return on that investment. But at the same time, um, keeping it light, keeping it realistic, um, you know, having, especially having internal goals that are realistic, you know, kicking your ball, snapping your ball. Um, it, I, I saw it um, for a full week during fall camp at Kentucky Wesleyan all the specialists are freshmen. And for the first time in their life, they're in a fall camp situation where they're daily competing and charting. And every single one of them, because that process was relatively new at that level and at that intensity, every single one of them got out of their lanes. So instead of trying to focus on their form and kicking their best ball they were trying to just do a little better than the last guy did. And the end result at the end of fall camp was, um, blah, you know, nobody realized or even showed their full potential of what they could actually do until the last day. Um, but, you know, but those internal pressures that I hear kids, young kids putting on themselves, you know, um, is uh um i don't i don't know i think i think we burn out a lot of kids i think um i think we turn a lot of children off because they are children you know we like to call them young men but a lot of a lot of them are 14 15 years old they're children and um i see a lot of a lot of adults transposing i don't know their internal uh ambitions on on the kids and um, I think it just needs to be a good balance, you know. And during game situation, um, I found that every every athlete's different. Everybody's process is different. What what works well to settle down one one athlete absolutely doesn't work for a, a, a different athlete. Um, so that's where I think get taking the time to get to know your kids, get to know the athletes and talk about a process and work on that process of, Hey, what do we need to do during game play? What's, you know, to put you in the best space possible so you can shine for our family, you know, um, talking about that a little bit because it's a, it's a waiting game. You know, you got a kid in the back of the box for an hour and a half. And the next thing you know, he's, um, 
got to go out and hit a 47 right. That means a lot. So game situations, I think just communicating and getting to know the kids and, and finding and asking them, Hey, what works for you? You know, what doesn't work for you? What can, what can we do in the limits of this environment to, to give you the best shot possible? I hear you. And I want to, like, my thoughts is, it's weird. I shared a quote today um, and I'd saved it from years ago, but it's, it comes up in my time hop and it's just something that it resonated with me. And it said that shepherds are to shear sheep, not skin sheep. And, you know, if you draw a parallel to coaches, you know, um, I think a lot of coaches think it's their job to diminish a kid and bring him down and rip him down to his, you know, like take away his ego, like almost like you're, you're in basic training, but um, I agree with you wholeheartedly that there has to be a, a rapport established. And I'm not saying it, it needs to be a best friend thing, but, and I think coaches do it effectively and they do it very differently and uniquely. Um, my style is, yeah, I have high expectations and um, it's rigor, it's relevance. Uh, it's, you know, if there is too much playing, I address it. And I think getting older, um, I, I I address it and I fix it in a more civil way and, and kind way and uh, compassionate, all, all these things that I truly feel. But I used to think in my 20s and early 30s that I had to show everyone how important this was to me, right, through through being abrasive. Right. And sometimes even condescending uh, if I wasn't getting my way. It was very selfish, but, you know, you live and learn. Um, so that that's a powerful quote I think that the that, that coaches should abide by is like, we are here to build. And if it takes sometimes a couple of lateral movements with a kid or putting him in his place and making an example of something, um, there's a way to do that, I think, in, in, in a way that, yeah, it might hurt short-term feelings, but it's for long-term gains. And um, I think like what you said, if there's the rapport and there's the love established, I think that's when a kid will allow you to be tough on him, you know? And um, I think that it's something that, you know, I, I definitely struggle with still because sometimes I just, I want it so bad for whoever's in front of me that sometimes it comes across as a little abrasive and, I'm not saying that I'm going to completely change, but I think that I've seen a, a positive turn in, in being a little more, as mentioned before, compassionate and like showing the love, like showing the love through through kindness and um, being forgiving when the kid may not have heard what I said and just did his own thing. Uh, so I love what you said. You know, I, I think that we as coaches also too shouldn't take things so personal. Um, sometimes like, and because I got a golf lesson the other day and I was on the other end and it was eye-opening to, to be a student again and to realize how quickly I would tune them out and want to just do what I wanted to do, but they were the professional and it was just, it was good for me to say, wow, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm a coach myself and I'm not a great student. I'm not a good player. You know, I can be better. I can be more receptive to new information. I could listen and trust in this, this coach, this professional. So that really helped me. Um, I know that was a long one, but I, I really was excited to talk about fun. And, and I think that we should talk about fun more with football. I, I know it's a business and I know a lot of money's tied up, but I think you would do a good job in sending that message and modeling that behavior. And I, I hope that permeates to, to other coaches because you work with a lot of people. Um, so I want to shift the focus to, uh, 
to another thing, another topic that you you also wanted to talk about was you wanted to allow kids to to have their own football experience. Um, could you elaborate on this a little bit? Yeah, um, and what I'm referring to there is mainly with parents um, allowing your your child to own their experience. Um, you know, I I'm. I'm really, really lucky um, with the athletes I work with. They have, you know, um, supportive parents. Um, they're involved. Um, but every once in a while you come across, I think the term that's used these days is helicopter parents um, that simply don't allow their child to own the experience for themselves. And I think it's a real, it's a real disservice. Um, now I'll give you an example for myself. When my, when my son was kicking in high school, I used to drive him um, an hour and a half, two hours each way so that they could, um, To work Let's, with enough, I can edit this out. My yeah, no worries. Just, uh, go see mommy. Nice. I'm working. Please, please, please. We close the door, please. Can you just go right back to what you were just saying, and I'll just cut that sentence back. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. For an example, for a personal example, um, when my youngest son Sam was kicking, I would drive an hour and a half each way, so he could work with another kicking coach just so it wasn't my voice he heard all the time. Um, and I would intentionally park far away and never get out of the car and let him walk over and do his thing. Um, I, I knew his head coach in high school. I never attended a practice. I never called the coach. Um, I'd known the coach, um, I don't know, 30 years. He was an assistant at my high school when I was in high school. Um, if that head coach wanted my input, he'd get a hold of me. He really would. Um, but it was it was important to to let him own the entire experience on his own and, and develop his own autonomy and have the opportunity to fail and to fall down and to struggle. Um, I was talking with a coach this weekend, um, and we were talking during the middle of the game, we were talking about during a little pause during a, a officials timeout about how hard football is, you know, um, everything about it. It's hard and it's beautiful. Just to have a practice is difficult when you consider all the logistics and everything that goes into it. It's hard, but that's, what's beautiful about it is it's, it's an endless struggle and even if you have a magical year, there's only one team, well, there used to be one team in the state that doesn't get their heart broken, you know? So it's not like there's a light at the end of the tunnel for 99% of the participants, you know? It's pretty much guaranteed failure at some eventuality in the season. But um, it, it's important to let kids, like I said, just experience it, own it, develop their own autonomy, fail, succeed, um, grow, and um, 
you know, I, I, I think it's just critical. And oftentimes in, in the spirit of trying to be supportive or loving, um, parents can, uh, um, steal that from their kids, um, and take that away. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, we have some high profile kids at the high school I'm lucky enough to work at. And some of their parents are ultra high profile. Um, you see them on TV on Sundays. Um, never, n- never in a million years do you see them at all taking away the, the experience from their kids. It's, it's amazing to me when I watch um, how those, uh, and these are guys that have like a hundred times the experience I have in football uh, and how they handle themselves when it comes to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just something that, um, something that we, we need to raise and have that conversation. Um, and I've had that conversation with parents actually that of kids that I train. Um, and it's a difficult conversation to have. Um, but when I've, um, when I bring it up from a, a place of one calmness and present it in the right way, it's usually a very productive conversation. Usually the dad is like kind of taken aback and then just doesn't realize, you know, what was happening. They just kind of got on autopilot. You know, they've been doing it so long and nobody had ever actually had a, a real conversation with them. Um, but yeah, it's something I think that um, we can we can really do better. I like you went that route. I really do. Um, I I have a six year old, and she's going to be a very good athlete. And we're letting her try everything right now. And it's it's funny. I live in a small town. I I kind of moved back to where I came from, and so do a lot of people. Obviously, not many people move too far from where they grew up. It's weird, but I'm one of those people, and whenever I see like old friends I played sports with and they're like, Oh, you're going to be your coach. You're, is she going to be a kicker? And like, I can genuinely say that I, I I'm with you on that. I want nothing to do, to do with, with my kids athletics other than I want to be a spectator. And my, my true and honest hope is that these kids, my kids do things that I didn't like tennis, golf. Like there's several sports that I always thought, man, I probably could have been pretty good had I, you know, put some more time into that or been exposed to it for that matter. I, I never really was exposed to tennis. That's something I really think I would have enjoyed. Um, so I'm with you. Um, and I, I will say on the flip side, like I'm, I'm one of those coaches that I thoroughly enjoy my parents being right there. I like them being there um, and, and holding the camera and saying like, Hey, if I'm not going to be here, I'd love for when you are with Billy or, or Sammy, I, you can be in the right position to capture some good film for me so I can give you some feedback. Right. Um, and I, I think it's important, but at the same time, there are certain parents and I'll be, I'll just be honest. Uh, I really don't want them there because mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're trying to, especially if I do a small group, I've got four or five guys in the field. There's, there's some dads and some moms for that matter. I won't just say it's dads. I've got a mom too, that, will literally try to ask me questions recruiting related while we're training. <laughs> right. And, right. And, and I've never 
again, I used to, but recently I, I, I want to say something, but I kind of just non-verbally just kind of walk away. And I, I, I just model what it is I want going on and that's training. Um, there's a time and a place for that kind of stuff, but I think it comes from a good place with these parents, but at the same time, um, they need to hear this show. I mean, you and I don't work together. I've never even met you in person, but I feel the same exact way you do is that um, parents play a pivotal role, but one of them is not to be a second coach. Um, and, and I think that's important to hear again. Uh, I want to move on to another. This is kind of cool. So I hear a lot, um, a lot of things about feelings about football and aspirations of playing on Sunday, but a question that you and I and kids really seldom ask is like, like, why is it that we love this game of football? And I would love for you to share a few reasons why you love the game. And more importantly, like why it's important for not only you as a coach, but like players to know their why off the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's people that know me, it's, it's no secret. Um, my life had it has had an interesting arc, um, you know, in my in my teens and, and early early twenties. Um, I made a ton of really really bad decisions, and um, then I had the opportunity to really turn my life around. And then I was blessed beyond anything I deserved um, with a just a fantastic life and, um, you know, beyond my wildest dreams, beyond anything I deserved or earned. Um, that's what my life has been like. Um, and football <clears throat> specifically working with specialists gives me an opportunity to give back. And, and what I mean by that is to teach and coach a skill set that can have a just a phenomenal impact on a young man's life. Um, I had a um, had a JV kicker, uh, snapper holder kicker. They got made a PAT to win a game, you know, last week. Um, and honestly, the joy I felt watching them, it was right there with you know, the blessing of winning a state championship last year. There's, there, it's just amazing. So for me, if you want to call it um, redemption or, 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 um, you know, it's just a way to give back is the, is what my why is. Um, try to have a positive influence. Um, try to, uh, and then oftentimes I've found that within different organizations, um, they can use my help. You know, it's nice to feel needed. It's nice to feel wanted. And everybody wants to have an impact. You know, everybody wants, you know, whether you're a player or a coach, everybody wants to have a some sort of positive role in the, in the overall team experience. Um, but that's what I love the most about it is um, – you know, it's a it's a way I can give back. I can have a be a positive influence on these kids, um, and then you know, and then every once in a while, you know, for example, this past year, um, 
had a handful of snappers. Um, you get kids that you're, you're lucky enough to work with and train, get to move on and, uh, move into college football and, and, and play for some really, really high caliber teams. That's a blessing to see, see you move on down the road. And, and um, but that, that's, that's the thing I love about it the most is it, it's, it's a place where I can give back. Yeah, that that's my why most of the time we're so similar in the regard that um i went through a funk i went through it was a couple of years in my late 20s uh before i had kids before i got married and it was just it was just a bad place you know we're all humans we all we all go through things and and full disclosure like it, the low point of my life was probably 28 and there were a few low points after college not as bad as 28 but roughly my 20s was tough i mean i think it's tough for a lot of people because you find yourself you're you're truly on your own for the first time um and life kind of hits you in several ways you know you just got all this added responsibility but the one thing i will say was a saving grace during that tough time was not just the game of football but i think the the relationships i made through football um because i can vividly remember some people who stepped up and would just come to my house and check on me and and I was I was just shocked, you know, but like it's like what you said, man, this is a special game. And I'm not saying that soccer and softball isn't special, but I didn't experience those things. I, I, I experienced this game and personally what this game did for me off the field will never it, 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 I can't compare my on field stuff or, or my or my or my successes as a coach. Um, more than I can experience just what it did for me indirectly. So I like what you said, and I fully agree. I think that's why I'm immersed in this is because I realized that this game saved my life in, in more than one way. Um, and I, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a catalyst for others. Because uh, my kids, I mean, I was talking to a kid today, I won't name the school, but I mean, he plays for a high profile team in the SEC and he didn't have a great weekend. And it was awesome to spend that 30 or 40 minutes today just talking about nothing to do with football. I just wanted to make sure he was he knew not only his father, but but myself uh, were in his corner. And like this is much bigger than football. I think the kid will still have a wonderful year and he'll have a chance next year in the NFL. But uh, I, that's what I like most is I, I, I think it's the relationships. I know that's very cliche, but anyone who has them can fully, can fully attest to it. It's special. And I like, I like what you said. Um, you, you coach specialists at various levels. You know, I, I mentioned introducing you, you're, you're working with a college program. You're working actively with a high school program. You've got free agents, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I'd like, to compare and contrast the high school and college. Cause I think that's the, that's the transition that most people really want to overcome. It's hard to play on Saturday. It's extremely hard to play on Sunday. Right. But it's, it's really, I mean, there's 17 and a half, 18,000 high schools that play organized 11 man football. And there's, there's just not that many teams to play on Saturday. And it's a timing thing, as you know, so every, every third year or so a school's looking for maybe another guy, but you know, if you don't fit that timing, you have to do away with that, that option. I want you to talk about if, if these high school kids who are listening right now, if they really, really want to strongly consider what the expectations are on Saturdays, 
what what do you think is difference between how like a high school kicker for that matter handles his daily routine versus a college kid? I think um I think it's important to and I love this this topic. Um I think it's important to to separate PWO specialist which is the vast majority of them and what that experience truly looks like as opposed to your scholarship um, specialist. I think before they even get there, um, no one's actually set a proper realistic expectation of what that PWO specialist experience is going to be like and what you are and what you are not. And really sat down and, and, and laid it out for them. Because I think with a lot of specialists, they think they know they want this, but they really don't know what this is. And they're, they're attracted to a, a myth that's perpetuated out there. And so I think that's, that's critical. First off is, is to find out what is this really going to look like? And it's not hard to find out. You don't. They don't need to talk to you or me. There's hundreds of student athletes they can reach out to that'll be happy to take the time to lay it out for them. So a lot of times that's what I do. I'll, I'll give them my perspective and, and the experiences I've seen other people have. Um, and then I'll give them some names and numbers and, and let them talk to these guys and find out what it's like to be a horse in the stable where, you know, the school's not paying and um, the fact that, you know what, in about six more months, they're going to be looking for other horses to put in the stable and to find out truly what that Darwinistic system looks like. Um, because I, it's not that there's anything wrong with it and I embrace it. And for the right people, it's a wonderful place for them to flourish. Um, I think it's important to have that that realistic understanding of what you're walking into first. Now, I, I honestly don't believe most do. Not truly. They they have no idea what they're walking into. You've you've gotten the phone calls after they're there for a week and a half. I have. And their parents also don't have a realistic picture of what to expect in that experience. Um because I, I think the biggest difference is, um, especially at some of the high-profile schools, the difference is you got a head coach and his wife doesn't want to move again next year, you know? And um, you're expected, you're there, you're expected to, when your trigger's pulled, do your job, period. And I don't think a lot of kids are prepared to be a quiet professional. You'll see me tweet it all the time about certain kids that quiet professionalism is in high demand in the marketplace. And I don't think they really understand how valuable that is at the next level. You know, just shut up and make your kick, shut up and make your snap, be where you're supposed to be. It's, it's a, it's a dramatically different environment, but I would encourage parents, especially um, because the vast majority of specialists, do go PWO initially and the athletes to truly find out as much as possible about what that experience really entails and ahead of time. 
way ahead of time um, because the attrition rate on PWO specialist is very, very high. It's super high. And a lot of it has to do with how the, the specific program runs that. Um, some schools have dramatically different processes when it comes to their PWO selection process. Some put a lot of effort in it, into it before they get on campus. And some, the selection process happens after they get on campus. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest thing is just finding out what that experience truly is and, and, and being, having a realistic expectations going in for what you're in for. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when I showed up on Paris Island for boot camp, I knew exactly what I was walking into, you know, in the Marine Corps. A lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't. Um, but I, I think that would be of great value to people. I couldn't agree more. I, I don't think people realize uh, talking to a Mercer kicker today and he's a freshman, he's going through the red shirt, right? He's, got a senior or junior in front red shirt junior thing in front of him and he wanted to like back to saying what you said he he kind of knew the process not all of it but he knew that he wanted that year to develop and just to get acclimated and to get his grades right and um, I think that helped his transition a lot you know in the realization that I don't I really want to to use this year's preparation and 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 to be that much better for when I get on stage for this school and I think that that's helped him exponentially more than his roommate, who's the same age in the same position. They're both PWOs. And um, guess who's flourishing? Because the other kid doesn't want to go to study hall. You know, he's complaining about the 630 mandatory uh, breakfast they have to do right now because they have lifts in the morning. And my kid was like, I know it's not fun, but we used to talk about these things, right? Like it's, it's, it's a 15, 16 hour day. And if you're traveling on an away game on a weekend, you you're, you don't have a weekend. You don't have, you can't go to the sorority house and meet some, some pretty little girls. You, you might see them in class, but I mean, you might see them in January, but right now, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to be successful uh, as a college athlete in the fall, if that's your fall sport, it's, it's almost impossible to be social. Um, and that was tough for me when I was, I had just turned 18 going to Miami and I really didn't know my classmates uh, until the spring semester, you know, I'd see them, but um, it was, it's tough. You know, it, it's not fun to share these things and, and kids don't want to hear it all the time, but I think it's important to share. And I like what you said that it's a click away. You can DM anyone you want and they would probably be happy to share their personal experience and, how different it is than high school. Um, I've got one more question. I'd like you to share a little bit more about um, NKR. You were the director of snapping for NKR. And um, I'd like you just to share for the listeners what, what exactly NKR is uh, in the marketplace and uh, what you do for specialists and coaches across the country. Sure. Um, I'm the snapping director at NKR and um, we're a ratings and rankings platform. Um, for kickers, punters, snappers. Um, our footprint is uh, Midwest to New England, Florida, over to Texas. And um, we are not the, um, we are 
nowhere near the largest um, the uh, and and don't really want to be, but it's a good place for for specialists to come compete, get a comprehensive ratings and rankings, see how they stack up against their peers. One of the things I love about it is it's a great place to meet other specialists and find other people that are, you know, just like you, like-minded, increase your circle of peers. Because a lot of times snappers and kickers are alone at their high school, or maybe there's one other. So that's one of the pieces I love about it. It's a great spot for specialists to just really, really broaden their outreach, their circle of friends. Yeah, that's that's in KR. We can't all go to a showcase seven states away. I, I like that you guys provide uh, a service that's generally local to to a lot of places. Um, you're accommodating, and I honestly like the the small feel, smaller feel. I would say, uh, as opposed to the the cattle calls, because um, you know I send my good kids to uh, the bigger camps because because I think it's important if you can leave a number one or two uh, amongst the masses it's great mm-hmm. but um my my what i'm not happy with is is the amount of opportunity it is to showcase your skill set i mean some kids have to wait hours or, or or they have to start at a 53 right hash field goal you know just because there's so many kids there and and, and i think that's great but i think those camps that are that are generating the, those numbers at high volume should be a little more accommodating to where a kid can have a set, for example, if I hit five field goals, right? That's what it's called on. That's the competition. I would much rather start at a 23 right than a 47 or a 53 right. And I think that's really unfortunate, you know? Yeah, we're we're really big on that. There's a, there's a real disconnect in the camp space to what's promoted in social media and what actually has value 90% of the time during a real football game, you make your money 45 and in, you know, on your kicks. That's where your money's made. Left and right has short kicks. You know, um, there's plenty of data that supports that. Um, we try to, to make sure that the, the measuring sticks that we're using on these, these specialists reflects what they actually do in a football game. Um, and it's great to have a big ball contest. It's a lot of fun, you know, start backing them up. And it's crazy these days. Kickers, I think, in the last 10 years, the the talent level has just increased dramatically. It, it's um it's amazing what these kids do. And this, especially this 2026 class that's coming, um, when you see the amount of talent that there is there, it's it's kind of mind-boggling. But um that's our biggest thing is we want to we want to keep the measuring stick a direct reflection of, of what you're actually doing in a football game. I love what you said, you know, the kicking off sticks and wizards, it's great. But um college coaches, you know, they they have to feed their families off decisions they make. And um, a big part of their decision making process is getting a guy that scores a lot of points in the kicking position. And I think what college coaches what appeals to them most is is the training and the uh, consecutive ball sets, um, the game film. And if I do not have the ability to kick many field goals in the game, which is, which is um, likely, you know, it doesn't happen very often. I think it's important to get practice film in a live op setting with a little pressure. 
Um, because I think everyone is exponentially better in a fixed environment when there's no snap and hold. I mean, let's be honest. And I think college coaches are very, very hesitant to only offer a kid based off of large camp settings where it's, there is no snap and hold. Yeah. There is no opt time. Yeah. So I like, I like what you said. I, I just, when, when kids go to these camps, you know, if you're going to go, first of all, you do very, very well. If you're going to be a four and a half star, um, I don't know. You get lost in the woods sometimes. The one thing I would suggest, and I'm a trainer. I'm not. I don't do camps and competitions per se. I don't. I don't have any any stake in that game. Um, I I really think that there should be a two and a half. There should be a three. There should be a four, and all the all all the above. Just like a running back or a quarterback. Um, there's three star quarterbacks that get full rides to big time power five programs, and I think it just started one way and then everyone piggybacked off that, but it's, it's, it's now, it's now to the point where there's a company that has a sixth star. Well, it's really hard to differentiate 174 and a half. You know, I talk to college coaches often and that is the big problem they have with where the direction of our industry, where it's going is it's hard to differentiate based on the current way that they allocate stars. Right. And then the rankings, um, and I don't think it'll ever change. I don't think anyone will go backwards because kids have egos. And if they lose their four and a half and they go down to a four, they probably lose the client. And I think that's the problem. And I think that's the disconnect, you know, and that's, that's me. I'll get off my soapbox. No, I, I agree. And I think another disconnect too is the, um, aside from the la- lack of focus on consistency, 45 yard line and in. Um, the lack of focus on the importance of uh, kickoffs when it comes to next level. Amen. Um, you get a lot of kids that can, you know, they can hit a 50-yard field goal, but they they can't even come close to kicking a 60-yard touchback. <laughs> and true. and they one, they're striking the ball just like a field goal, and they don't know how to kick a 60-yard kickoff because there's this unreasonable focus on social media on long field goals with perfect conditions. I mean, a stick, a tailwind, we can all see the shirts blowing, you know, and even if the camp you go to makes you wear small shirts so that you can't see the tailwind, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, and I think it's great. I love to see big balls kicked, you know, it's phenomenal, but I think there's a real disconnect when it comes to um, what is, definition of success and what college coaches really, really need and what they want. Um, And I think kickoffs can be added to the mix. Without a doubt. You know, when I, when I talk to people and I'm sure you hear the same thing is uh, there's an exponential, there's a surplus, I should say of of field goal kickers. Mm -hmm. A lot of people hit field goals effectively. um, But I would say for every 10 kids that are proficient at field goal, there's one, maybe one and a half that can kick off at the level that's expected on Saturdays. And I'm talking about 10 good field goal kickers. Right. Really, really, really good. I, I, I agree with you. I think the majority of those kids that are exceptional and they're 15 in type kids that, you know, they're 70% 15 in, which is, it's just really good. I still think less than 20% of those kids can effectively hit a 65 yard ball with a three, seven. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And then follow it up with a sky kick and then have a halfway dis- decent onside. 
you know, which are all absolute demands from the next level. It's not a request. It's like, hey, we'd like to see this. It's if you don't have this, we really don't want to talk to you. Amen. That's that's the harsh reality of it. Um, absolutely. I think, and I'll end on that with kickoffs, is my opinion on it is it's a lot of added variables. It's a lot more space to cover. Um, you've got to be meticulous. It's it's like a like a high jumper, right? I love that parallel. If you watch a good high jumper, they have this indirect route that's kind of like a parabola, and then they have their drive, and then they and then they they get up, right? But um, the tempo is dictated by a walk to a jog to a three quarter to an explode, right? Which is very similar to, to kickoff, and uh, it's 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 time consuming. And the tricky thing with kickoffs is, as you know it's the highest stress possible for a specialist. So they can't do it daily. So what they must do if they want to be good at it is take the ball away and do dry runs. And who wants to do that? Nobody, but a person that wants to be professional, you know, like um, I think college kids have a hard time with that thought too, is man, take the football away. It's all about my progression. It's all about my steps. It's my tempo. It's my rhythm. It's my plant location. Um, and I think that's very hard because it's just, it's just not fun, but what is that's worth it. Right. I mean, these are the things that we have to sacrifice. Um, I want to end on this. I, I always, always, always make sure that if something resonated with someone that listened to the show, I'd love for you to give a few ways, maybe one or two that the audience could reach you. Oh, sure. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at coach Jeff Garner. Um, my DMS are always open. And uh, my cell phone number, 863-712-6926, 863-712-6926. Um, I'm an old guy, so I actually have voicemail set up, um, and you can text me there also. I think you might be the first that was willing to give their phone number away on the show. but Oh, sure. That's that's yeah. cool. I mean, it just shows, again, that, that you're a man of your word that, you're really, you're here to help, you know? And I mean, there's not, there's not a more direct way to contact someone than their cell phone. Right. I'll tell you a crazy story of how small this world is. Dad reached out to me from Atlanta and his son's a really good kicker. And he had just left a bunch of balls out in the rain and his dad didn't know what to do with them to get them back. Anyway, long story short, we connected Long story short, we start talking about our kids. And the next thing I know, he's setting up my son with my son's a JAG officer, first year law student in the Marine Corps. And um, the next thing I know, um, he's setting my son up with uh, an awesome summer internship um, with, with a brigadier general. This guy turns out he's an attorney and this general is in the office next to him. Um but it just shows you what a crazy world it is. Um, and, um, you know, you, you never know what you're going to come across talking about football. God, that's, that is wild. I mean, talk about oh, I got what a perfect fit. I mean, like. I got something to show you, Dan. So I just finished up. Let me see if it'll focus. Let me flip it around for you. So for those not able to see what's going on right now, he is the grandmaster I will, I will, I will say I, there's a couple guys in the country that I've tried, but coach Garner, we didn't talk about it. If you 
will just check his Twitter out or or something. I've I've definitely bragged about him before. I actually have a Jesuit ball right over there. I'm not going to grab it, but I I refuse to use the ball that you did for me. Jeff is an expert at refurbishing balls, taking a brand new ball and making it game ready. Like when I, when I say game ready, the mahogany color on Sundays, you see that beautiful beautiful ball that um i actually have one now it's the only one i have i have 150 160 balls in my garage but this is the one that i promise you i will never use um so thank you again for that uh <laughs> i almost want to prove to you but it's it's on this i, I i'm not I i'm not you. touching it um you know uh <laughs> so thank you again and that's something we could just go in and do another show on the art behind that i don't think people realize oh so what's the big deal you just buffs out some leather and rubs some lotion on it but it's an intricate process and there's a certain type of mud and like i said we could go off on a whole podcast on your process with that so <laughs> you really are like that's a skill and um I'm, I'm thankful i'm thankful for that and one of my things i want to reach out to you off air is uh i have some balls this off season i think i want to doctor up because i've never really i'll be honest i've never kicked a ball that nice but I think I'm going to go ahead and send you some of mine and just have you do it for me. And just, unfortunately, I'm going to roll them out and, and kick them, but I'm going to baby them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, if, um, if you, if you keep them off asphalt, the only thing I'm scared of is the asphalt tracks around, around the field. But if it's amazing how they hold up, if you just keep them off the asphalt, it's good to know. I'm telling you, I, I, I have yet to touch that ball. <laughs> but uh so jeff it means a lot to to me and everyone here at fourth down focus that you're able to share such powerful information you know not just football but life um please give us a five-star rating uh review subscribe to the show share with a friend if you have any questions suggestions for future topics or guests or if you just have feedback for the podcast you can reach me dan lundy in several ways my website is fourthdownu.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at 4th Down U. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. Thank you again for joining us at 4th Down Focus. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.